0: welcome back to the my sister knows why podcast this week we're talking about body decomposition decomposition and preservation let's feed your brain hey yo we're back Welcome back to the podcast. Better than ever. This is the podcast where we answer your questions or my questions. Or my questions. Or general topics of interest. Uh, We don't really have a theme anymore. This is just uh, we talk and answer things. Things that I'm interested in. Welcome (laughs) to my life. I'm Anne. And I'm Claude. And uh, let's just get into it. I got a lot of exciting information. So exciting. This is episode 42. It is episode 42. Not that anyone really cares, but gotta gotta keep with the routine anyways let's get into it okay so today we're gonna talk about the weirdest ways bodies have been preserved like human bodies so uh mummification yeah that's probably the most popular one in pop culture but there are some others there's more yeah wow so there's something called mellification what the heck is that? Mellification is the process of honeying something, or in other words, using honey to preserve something. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so. Do you do that with like food? Yeah. So there was an ancient bur- burial site on the banks of the Alzani River, which is located in Georgia, which is located in between Europe and Asia. Because I had to look that up because I didn't know where Georgia nice. was. So at this burial site, archaeologists found berries, nuts, and other organic perishables that were all preserved using a coating of honey. Oh, which is interesting. Yeah, because um, they're like four thousand year old berries. But they they were still there. They're good. Um, within this burial site, there was also a tomb in which multiple bodies were found with honey residue on the bones, indicating that the body may have been coated in honey in attempt to, in an attempt to preserve it well. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, we know honey preserves the organic perishables. Yeah, it didn't preserve the skin and f- soft tissue of the body no but um they found yeah pollen and a little bit of like honey residue interesting on the bones. yeah um are we going to be talking about pickles like pickling no. things okay so when i asked my question of like have we ever honeyed a body um i was thinking what if what if someone like pickled a body that's gross i think it would decompose because probably because like the acid i th- yeah i think so i think it wouldn't dehydrate the cells enough oh yeah um, so there's also something called a mellified man. Ooh, right? Okay. So this is created when a human cadaver is steeped in honey for centuries. A human cadaver. So what like does a that human mean? body. Oh, okay. Is just put in honey for a century. Just cause? Well, wow. um, there is a story in secondhand accounts from a Chinese medical source that elderly holy men in Arabia would sacrifice themselves at the end of their lives in order to create a medical substance, quote-unquote. To do this, they would start to eat nothing but honey um, near the end of their lives until their blood and sweat would consist of honey. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of honey, right? Yeah. So when this diet eventually made them, like die Die. (laughs) the body would be put in a stone coffin and filled with honey and after a century they would become like sugar crystallized basically and the substance created would was like known to be a remedy for broken bones oh yeah so people thought that it could like cure broken bones and it was very like a very rare commodity obviously because it takes a century to make which is a hundred years if people didn't know yep yeah that's, but like, did it actually work? Probably not. No. That's weird. Isn't that really gross? And I have no idea, um, like, how they ingested it. If it was, like, eaten or put on top of the broken bone. Oh. Oh. So to I like, don't know, fix the, yeah. I don't know if they were just eating. Eating honey. A man. Hey, I'll take it. An excuse <laughs> to eat honey. Yeah, so that's <laughs> mummification for preservation. Wow, yeah, weird right? Weird. Like weird. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is plastination. Plastination. Can you something like plastic? Exactly. So plastination is the preservation of the body using plastics. Um, and this is mostly used as teaching elements in anatomy courses. Oh, okay. Yeah. so it was developed by Gunther von Hagens in 1977. Okay, so like kind of recent. Yeah, kind of recent. Um there are four steps involved in plastination: fixation, dehydration, forced impregnation in a vacuum, and hardening. Excuse me? <laughs> Let me go through the steps. So fixation uses a formaldehyde-based solution. So that's just um a chemical that's known to help preserve. Oh, okay. Um bodies. Yeah. And this is to pre- prevent decomposition because, obviously, if your tissues are starting to decomp- decompose while you're trying to, like, plasticize the body, the body it's going to yeah. look weird. Um, and it also gives the specimen or, like, the cadaver, whatever, the mm-hmm. person they're trying to plasticate, um, a degree of rigidity. which Ah, yes, rigidity. <laughs> which makes them, like, rigid. Yeah. Um, and this is beneficial in maintaining the structure of certain structures in the body, um, such as like if they wanted to blow the stomach up so that it kept its shape or like bend a knee a certain way to show something. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just basically preventing decomposition. Got it. So the next step is dehydration. The specimen is then put into a bath of acetone, which is like an acid. And the acetone draws out the water in the cells and replaces it with acetone. Got it. So now there's wow. no water in the cells. Yeah. Now we're on to forced impregnation. S- like, uh, obviously <laughs> it's not what it is. No. But just, um, why? So after the acetone bath, the specimen is then placed in a bath of liquid polymer, which is basically liquid plastic. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's in this bath of plastic. So yeah. it's usually silicone, rubber, polyester, you know. It's typical' plastic? Yeah, man. Synthetic fibers, baby. Oh um there you go (laughs) and then they create a vacuum so you know how things can be like vacuum sealed or there's no basically no air yeah 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 yeah. um the acetone this makes the acetone boil and vaporize so the acetone is leaving the cells which then draws the polymer into the cell so by the little switcheroo yeah by the acetone leaving the polymer is then drawn into the cell and is basically filling it with liquid plastic so now the cells are filled with liquid plastic Oh. Are you following? Yeah. That's like the forced impregnation. We're forcing the plastic forcing. Oh. into the cells. And then the final step is hardening. So the liquid plastic has to be cured uh, with gas, heat, or ultraviolet light. Um, and before you harden, you can like do any more dissection that you need to do um, to show like muscle structures, whatever. Oh, okay. They, like, different, you can put it in different positions. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's hardened. And then they just get hardening. Hard. It, they get hard, yes. So like what what are the reasons behind using this method? It's for anatomy. Teaching oh right, anatomy. right, 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 right. yeah Are you paying attention? Yeah, I I'm just like it's weird. Well yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's another interesting thing. Um uh, furthering our knowledge of anatomy, which is fun. Always a good thing. Yeah. But uh yeah, that's plastination You can be plastic when you're like, how hard are they? I have no idea. I've never touched one, <laughs> but I would assume they're pretty hard. Plastic hard. Plastic hard. Interesting. Probably, probably like a mannequin. Okay. If I could take like an uninformed guess, probably like a mannequin. I feel like that's pretty accurate. Probably. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Cryogenics. Do you know what this is, Claude? Uh, freezing them, right? Wrong. Ugh. Okay, so you're you're thinking you said you're, you're thinking like oh you freeze the body, right? Yeah. You're thinking of cryonics. How can I mix the right? two up? Oh my goodness. So I googled this because I was like, yeah, cryogenics is just yeah. like freezing the body. Oh okay. I was almost not gonna include it because I was like, oh people like already know about that. But then I went to the um, cryogenics society of america and they're like do not get these two words mixed up Ooh. and then they had an awful explanation of the difference so I, then i went to gaslab.com oh okay oh sorry the last source for mellification was national geographic article uh plastination was on uh, based on the website by um it's called like gunther or it's called von hagen's like plastination or something Oh, okay like that. so it's like that's the guy who made it yeah. up right yeah question answer so what was the freezing one again it's called cryonics cryonics okay let me tell you what cryogenics is okay okay so cryogenics is the production and behavior of materials at very low temperatures so this like process or application this thing is mostly used by researchers to see how different materials respond to different levels of cold and how materials can change from liquid to gas or gas to solid yeah things like that so, it, and it can also be used for medical procedures. There's something called cryosurgery, which eliminates unwanted tissue. So, you can use it in the removal of benign or malignant tumors. But like, skin tabs. Skin tabs. Um, oh. Sometimes people have their warts frozen off. Yeah. So, that's all kind of the, like, some applications. Um, it can also, have you heard of cryotherapy? Uh, yes. Yeah, you go into, like, a really cold room for, oh, like, yeah. a minute. And mm-hmm. then you come out and it's supposed to, like, reduce inflammation and stuff like that. Yeah um and it can also be used for food preservation stuff like things like that yeah cuz i was like what is why if cryogenics isn't the freezing of bodies what is the do what doing? is why it do we have it yeah. but yeah that's cryogenics okay now let's move on to cryonics which cryonics. we're really interested about and i got this information from cryonics.org so from so yeah which is i think they're called the cryonics institute oh yeah Okay, so cryonics involves cooling a recently deceased person to liquid nitrogen temperatures in order to keep the body preserved indefinitely. Indefinitely, which all the ones that we've talked about, well, maybe not the honey one, but like the plastic one would probably be indefinitely. Yeah, I'm sure there's a point of maybe they like their life start like decomposing decomposing, because I guess plastic... Even after you make it, Eventually up, it does it has like half-lives and stuff yeah. and, and disintegrates. But this one's like indefinitely. This one, so far, I mean, it started in, I think, 1962. Again, not that through. far ago. Yeah, 1962. So it hasn't been that long from then. I guess we'll see in yeah. 100 years where these bodies are. I mean, we won't see. No. But maybe the young young, the children. Young ins- <laughs> okay. So how does this work with the cold, right? Like how yeah. does how do we use cold to preserve a body? Yeah. So, when you die, there are enzymes inside your body. Well, when you're alive, there's enzymes (laughs) in your body. (laughs) But when you die, um, oh, do you know what an enzyme is? No. Okay. So, an enzyme is like a thing in your body that digests other things. Okay. So, remember when we were talking about um, lactose intolerance? Yes. Lactase is the enzyme that um, like digests lactose. Got it. The milk substance. Okay. So, So there can be like different types of... There's hundreds of different types of enzymes. Um, so these things are still working in your body even after your heart stops beating. Oh, yeah, they're going right. They're just like they're their own biological thing. Um, so when you die, the cells that hold the enzymes also die. So that means that the enzymes are released and they start breaking down your tissue from the inside they're out. They're just going ham. They're going ham. there. <laughs> they're like, this <laughs> they're is rogue. what I've been waiting for. <laughs> so these enzymes need an aqueous environment to work. But if you freeze the liquid or get rid of it, mm-hmm. um, such as the mummification, you get rid of all the liquid in the cells in yeah. the body, um, the enzymes don't have anything to work on. So you don't really decompose. So you just don't do anything. They just don't do anything. Obviously, you're going to lose some shape because fluid keeps shape right. of organs. Yeah. So you're going to look like a Deflate skeleton. a little bit. Yeah. But your skin's still going to be there. Your soft Ooh. tissue are still going to be in there. But like they're not going to obviously be the same. Mm-hmm. So... The goal of cryonics is to preserve the body until further science is able to repair or replace vital tissues to ultimately revive the patient. Let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> do you think that's ever going to happen? No. I, I'm i like not for another probably like 100,000 years. Like yeah. Not, not any in our lifetime. I feel like even if they start, because they do like experiments on animals and stuff. Yeah. I feel like even if they get that right where they're able to like there's no way you can bring it to a scale where you have we have like a sentient like awareness we have a conscious we know what's going on yeah like we can make decisions we have more decision making capabilities than a sheep yeah you know so I like are they going to be able to preserve that level yeah of humanity quote unquote I don't know. Or whether it'll just be a functioning body. But like are you gonna have brain activity? Yeah. And are you gonna be the same person? Well, like, obviously these are questions you don't know. Yeah. Um they did like this this is inspired by there's a frog. Remember I talked about the frog before in the Weird what Weird oh, yeah. Thing? Yeah. Where it freezes. Freezes and then it just go it check comes out that back. episode. Yeah. Um but it freezes and it comes back. So that's kind of the basis of like if they can do it, why can't we do it? Yeah, I guess so. Right. But wow. Right. Okay. So, how do they do this in more depth? Um, They use a process called vitrification. So they're replacing sixty percent of the water inside the cells with protective chemicals to prevent freezing and ice crystals.
1: Because obviously, when
0: you freeze something, you know, you get like frost freezer burn, burn. freezer burn, frost burn. (laughs) Yes, you know that. So these chemicals prevent this from From forming, Mm -hmm. Um, and it slows. The goal is to slow molecular processes to a standstill. So, basically, you're molecularly the same as you were when you died. Yeah. Um, but they, obviously, you're, you're dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, they try to keep as much of the original tissues as possible by processing the individual, like, immediately after their heart stops beating. Man, that'd be hard. Right? Because they want to avoid damage from a lack of oxygen to cells. So, oh. as soon as you stop giving oxygen you like your cells start to die die yeah mm-hmm. so they have this machine where they keep your lungs like if, if, going yeah. inflating to keep oxygen going and your blood pumping as well it would be a whole process to have this done to you right yeah, like you'd like, almost have to be ready to die yeah it's quite expensive yeah for sure and i don't know if you know this but do people who do this are they like i am doing this because i want to be brought back to yeah. life after yeah who, wow if you the what I've read on the website is that people who buy into this are like, I'm gonna be revived. Like yeah. they're gonna find some sort of technology and I'm gonna be revived, either like better than I was, like replace tissues and whatnot yeah. to make me better, or I'm just like gonna be able to come back to life. That's so kind of weird. Thing. They call it um deanimation is when you die and reanimation is when they're gonna bring you back to life. Oh. Like kind of like Frankenstein's monster, you're gonna be reanimated. Like this is just a big money grab. I don't know, man. But, but also, there's definitely probably people out there who are like, "This oh, yeah. is technology. It's getting better." It's this gonna happen. one thing, it's called the cryonics. Sorry, punching mics. <laughs> it's called the Cryonics Institute, um and it's located in Michigan. They have over a hundred people cry cryonically. Oh, frozen. Now I'm probably making this up, and this is probably fake, but. I heard somewhere that like Walt Disney um, froze his head or something. I have no idea. You can freeze just your brain or you can freeze your whole body. What would you do if you had the option? I'd probably freeze my. Well, it depends on how old I am. Right now. Right now, I'd freeze my whole body. I'm looking fat. Yeah, I guess if you're like old, like if you're in the, ti- the why would age I of want, dying. Why would I want an old body? When but I they come could back. repair it, they could just replace we'll those see. cells. <laughs> just, whole, just freeze my brain at that point yeah that's true yeah so the technique was developed by robert ettinger in 1962 like i said mm-hmm. um and he's actually cryonically preserved along with uh, some yes. family members in some hope of future revival that would be kind of creepy if that happened sooner than we thought yeah because he's gonna have the biggest i told you so of history <laughs> yeah it's gonna be like i freaking told you so that's wild right so that's one another way of weirdly preserving bodies. Interesting. Okay, ready for the next one? Ready. Um so we're going to go on to spontaneous mummification or accidental mummification. Oh, okay. Right. So this is from a New York Times article. Um so sometimes bodies are accidentally preserved due to nature and certain climate conditions. <laughs> right? Sometimes you just like it just happens. It happens by accident or like certain conditions. Mm-hmm. Um which is what we talked about last week, right? What did we talk about last week? We talked about the uh, uh, bog. Oh, yeah, at the end of the episode? Yeah. Yeah, bog people. So after this, I'm going to go into some like specific examples of like weirdly preserved bodies. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so these conditions tend to be the extremes. So extremely hot, extremely cold, extremely high elevation, extremely wet. Like, like specific conditions. If you went to Mount Adver- Everest. Yeah. So the bodies there um, actually... They might get preserved, but because they're wearing clothing a lot of the times, that allows moisture to stay in the body. So they might just be skeletons. Oh, it depends on ooh, how they died, if creaky. they're covered in snow. Yeah. Um, usually they'll still have their clothes on, so it'll be like a skeleton in yeah. a snow jacket. Um, so things like that. Because the moisture is still in the body, so yeah. the enzymes are, are able to working. yeah work and they start breaking down the stuff and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. So if a person dies in a hot and arid climate, so think of like the desert, right? Yeah. Arid is like dry, not humid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, their body can mummify in about two weeks. That's not that long. It's not that long of a no. time. Um, and this happens because in a hot climate, it removes the fluids from a person's body, mm-hmm. which slows down the enzymes. Like we said, enzymes. I said enzymes. Enzymes. Yeah. Okay. Ready for a titillating tidbit? <laughs> titillating tidbit. So, not every part of the body takes the same amount of time to mummify. Really? What's the fastest part? The fastest part are the hands, the toes, and the scrotum. Ah, uh, yes. I love my the scrotum. scrotum. <laughs> Do you know why? No. Um, well, if you think about your extremities, which are your hands, hands and feet. Hands, toes, scrotums. You don't have a lot of blood. Like, that's the last place blood flow is going to. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of soft tissue in your hands and toes. Um, it's often a little bit thinner than, like, your stomach. Is that area. why my hands are always cold? Or uh, yeah. <laughs> that and that's low That's blood iron. circulation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, obviously, your scrotum is pretty thin. If you have one. Yeah. So it's easier to dry that sucker out. <laughs> it well, um, The organs like your heart, your lungs, stomach, things like that. The internal organs take longer to dry out just because they're located. Yeah. Inside the body. The body. <laughs> okay. So now there's. Um, so this can happen naturally. Like if someone were to just die in the desert or, you in know, you're on Florida. A, you know, if you're on a long <laughs> journey and you, you someone dies, you throw them in the desert and then they mummify and you're yeah. like, oh, cool cool that worked. but there have been cases where murder victims have actually become mummified oh no by accident so there's a murder case where a pregnant woman's mummified remains were found in a 55 gallon drum that was filled with polystyrene pellets which is like a type of plastic I think. oh okay um so the woman was eventually identified as Reina angelica Mariquin, who was an immigrant from el salvador and the father of uh and the father of the child, because she was pregnant, mm-hmm. was Howard Elkins, who was also Raina's boss. So oh. he owns a uh, synthetic flower making um, factory thing. Yeah. And she was working there and they were having an affair. Um, Scandalous. Yeah. And he, she, Raina didn't know that he was married or like had a oh. wife. So she ended up telling the wife and then he like killed her he for it. Yeah. Yeah, and so he put her in this gallon and put him put her in a crawl space under his house and then he moved. And then someone found it. Ew. Um and then they found him and wanted to question him and was like give us a DNA sample so we can test it against the fetus cuz yeah. they still had DNA oh, tissue from the fetus cuz yeah. she was mummified. Yeah. Um and, and the fetus he, was inside her. Yeah. And he ended up killing himself before oh. he could be tried and questioned cuz man, coward, you know. Yeah, but that's support. really sad. Like, sometimes murder victims can be, uh... Modified. That's sad, because then I feel like for the families... Yeah, Like, she, you aren't able to see them for one last time. She wasn't... It was, like, 30 years after she was killed. Oh. Yeah. And they only had a couple, like, clues to go on. And, of course, she was an immigrant. She's from El Salvador. Yeah, They're, like, not, police aren't going to take interest. The media yeah. is not going to take interest in, mm-hmm. like, a missing woman. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. Very sad. Um... Okay, so now some, like, natural preservation things mm-hmm. um, that we were just talking about. So, the bog bodies. We're going to talk about the bog bodies. The bog bodies. Um, I got this information from Sm- uh, Smithsonian Meg- Magazine. Yeah. Um, online. It's a really good article. It's very long. I didn't read all of it. <laughs> I pulled the important information from it. <laughs> That's what we love. But it was very long. But it's also good. So, if you're more interested in this, read this article. Yes. Okay, so bogs are a great place to preserve a body because why is this ang a bog is a wetland that accumulates peat moss and peat well peat who's peat peat <laughs> not p-e-t-e like p-e-a-t oh okay yeah so peat, <laughs> peat is a deposit of dead plant material okay. basically yeah um and it, it often includes mosses so have you heard of like peat moss or like no. peat bogs no oh, okay i have hopefully someone else has oh it can also be called a quagmire oh does that word ring a bell in your brain only from uh simpsons I oh okay think. oh really Yeah, i think there's a character i don't know i've never watched it okay i was more thinking there's a lyric in the hamilton broadway musical song oh yeah guns and ships where they say quagmire and i didn't know what that was until right now is that this is yeah, that I what think they're talking that, about i think they're talking about a bog because i think they had uh, battles in a bog. in a bog some some form yeah you know <laughs> okay, so bogs allow for natural environmental conditions uh, to preserve bodies as they contain few minerals and very little oxygen, but a lot of acid. And they're often located in areas with low temperatures, which is mo- mostly Northern Europe, Denmark, Germany, England, Ireland, and the Netherlands. Uh, so, like, up Europe. Up Europe. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> the Europe's up there. Yeah. So, once a body is placed in a bog, the acid starts to tan the body's skin, hair, and nails. Yeah, so think of like tanned leather. That's what your skin starts to look like. Yeah. Um, And the moss that inhabits the bog releases a polymer that halts the growth of bacteria, which further mummifies the body. Polymer. Which is like a plastic. Okay, that's what I assumed. Yeah, because you had kind of. It's like a a natural plastic, basically. It comes from a type of moss. Um, the polymer also extracts calcium out of the bones, which m- makes these bodies look kind of like rubber dolls. Like, Ew. they're kind of, like, floppy. Like, they don't have bones, basically. Yeah, they're just floppy. Yeah. Um, so, the most famous bog body is probably Talland Man, um, as he is the most well-preserved. He is thought to be dated back to the Bronze and Iron Ages, or about uh, 2,300 years ago. A so, time. a long time ago. The dates, the Bronze and Iron Ages, I was trying to figure out, like, when was this? When is this? And yeah. <laughs> I couldn't really figure it out. Come on, it's but just was, the Bronze and Iron Age. But the article said 2,300 years ago. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to wrong. Um, so scholars tend to agree that he was probably a human sacrifice Ooh. in order to ensure fertility for the upcoming spring, as he had a winter diet in his stomach. So he was probably sacrificed to the gods to ensure that they would get good crops for the next year. Oh, because he had a good winter. Well, because he had, they knew he was, he died in the winter. Oh, okay. Because he had like winter foods, like, like oats and gruel or whatever, instead of like berries. He wasn't sacrificed because he had winter foods. No, no, no. Got it. They just knew that. Yeah. So they knew he died in winter. Yeah. Um, so he was found with a plated leather strap, so like braided mm-hmm. leather strap around his neck. So it is assumed he was hanged Ooh, um, as a sacrifice. Yeah. They obviously don't know if like he was a willing participant mm-hmm. or if like they forest. just chose someone and was like, you're going to be sacrificed. Yeah. Um, but there are several other bog bodies, um, such as the Grauballe man. All of these are like Northern European words. Yes. Um, <laughs> the Lindo man the old Krogan man and these are all just people who are put into bogs found in bogs and most of them are assumed to be some sort of religious ceremony or sacrifice oh. um so yeah now do you think they were put in there on purpose or just there just happened to be a bog there and they're like well i think in that you go they like people live near a bog yeah he's like pr- like historic people and they're like oh the bog is special like oh. it's some sort of hold, some sort of religious significance or yeah. spiritual significance. And they're like, OK, we're going to sacrifice them in there. So they didn't know it was gonna, the bodies were going to be preserved. Yeah. And obviously, maybe it <laughs> maybe it worked. That makes sense. But um, yeah, that's bog people. Wow. Very interesting. OK, have you heard of Butsy the Iceman? Butsy? Butsy. Butsy. It's spelled O-T-Z-I. Butsy. The Iceman. Yeah i haven't i watched a documentary in history class in high school on him once who is he what he do why why is he known (laughs) so let's see the iceman is an extremely old glacier mummy who is over five thousand three hundred years old that's a long time very long time ago Um, and he was preserved due to extraordinary circumstances so he was found on a high alpine mountain pass in 1991 Um, I can't exactly tell you where the mountain was. That's okay. A lot of foreign words. I trusted you. Okay. But he was found on a mountain. Got it. So he's a wet mummy, meaning that he was mummified in glacial ice. Um, and because of the length of the time he lay in the snow, the body became dehydrated, which slowed decomposition, right? uh, Yeah. Fluids out of the body. It's going to be preserved. Yeah. So the scientists actually found his stomach. Um, I don't think it was like in him, (laughs) Oh, I think that they found it afterwards. <gasps> okay. Yeah. Um. And or maybe they found it like within the body and they couldn't do that before. Yeah. Something like that. But they were able to analyze what he had eaten recently in order to like track where he had been in the mountain recently. Yeah. <laughs> well, like in his stomach area, it was like a certain thing from a certain area. But in his large intestine and near his it's rectum, like where he had what he digested eaten, like earlier, like. 24 hours beforehand yeah um was something from a different area and they could tell this based oh. on pollen um and plant particulates that's you can, so cool yeah you can place them based on like where they're common yeah and also on based on plants found on his like plant particulates found on his clothing as he passed by like foliage mm-hmm. they could place where he was going in the mountain yeah yeah so that's interesting so this like he's really old this is before they had written records obviously yeah he had he was um at the beginning of the copper age which is in the bronze age oh. because he had stone tools but he also had a copper axe Ooh. right yeah he was advanced mm-hmm. maybe he was like just at the beginning yeah yeah know? yeah so here's another twist there's a still a question of like why was he on the mountain in the first place right where's he yeah coming? where's he coming from um they they don't still don't know the answers to those questions nice but they found an arrow in his back oh so he was murdered
1: oh my goodness he murdered
0: and he had other um injuries he had like a really bad hand injury he was fighting for his life um and he was yeah so someone murdered him they're like don't watch you in my name pass um, and then, based on the climate, he was actually preserved and found in 1991, which is like—that's so recent. That's really 1991. Yeah, I want to know who found that body though, because obviously they weren't looking. For no, it was a, like I was like, wow, hikers. That yeah. would be terrifying, right? just, like just falling upon a body that yeah. you then find out was like thousands of years ago. Yeah, and he's obviously he's he's in a museum in a room that mimics glacial temperatures and to keep him to keep him preserved and you can like look through a window at him creepy very creepy that's kind of like looking at dinosaur bones though kind of yeah. that's true um yeah and they also have made like a 3d animation of what he might look like or not animation because that moves but but like a Image, image, yeah. Um, based on his like bone structure and stuff like that, he also had a a, a hat that was made of skin of some sort, which is kind of (laughs) gross. Yeah, but um, yeah, they're still trying to figure out like like where he was from locally and and stuff like that. Wow. Last one before I'm. Oh my goodness. Okay. There and this is more of like a huge titillating tidbit, but there is a culture of people in Toraja of southern Sulawesi, in Indonesia. Got it. And they keep their dead relatives for years after they die. What? Right. Have you ever what heard do of they this? No. Okay. So this is a big part of their culture. Funerals are the most important day of your life. Yes. Like, your funeral is the, the more day. important than your birth. More important than your birth, your wedding, um, whatever. Like this is the day. Yeah. And this means that a small fortune is expected to be spent on the funeral, and it can take families decades to like save. For oh, the because they're so like yeah extravagant. Maybe. Yeah, well, they're just like a really big deal. Like over five thousand guests, they have to slaughter livestock. Wow, food, um, like jewelry and stuff like that. Yeah. So while they wait to save up the money for the funeral, the relative isn't really dead to them. It's like in oh. a state of being like sleep, or they call it macula, which translates loosely to sick. Oh. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, not quite dead until they are put, like, like ha- buried. Buried, yeah. And then they go on to the afterlife. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, but the re- the family will, like, still regularly talk to the individual and they leave three meals a day for them. Wow. Yeah, they're in a... All the pictures I saw, they're in a coffin. Okay, like, that's good. And obviously, they're looking nice. And sometimes yeah. they put like, like a veil over it. Yeah, yeah. But they're still in the house, and they still like to. And they're they're interesting. Their reasoning was like, oh, they took care of us for so long. Like now, I get to take yeah. care of them. Um, and the. The population of people in their culture also create um, lifelike wood carvings of the like relative. Oh, okay. Some of them were like really good. Really good? Looking, yeah. They're called, I don't know how to say it, Tau Tau maybe? T-A-U, T-A-U. Yeah, sounds about right. Tau Tau. But uh, they're really cool and they're expensive as well. They're like $1,200. The sculptures? Yeah. And that's in like US money. Obviously they use a different currency. Currency, yeah. Um, It's expensive. Wow. Yeah. Um, And this also plays into their economy because this part of their culture is so big. Funerals play a big role in in keeping the economy afloat because people are spending money on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it also is a great way for tourists to want to come to see these funerals. So it's actually a tourist attraction as well. And the Toraja people welcome them because they think that when a lot of people attend a funeral, it's a really great thing. Yeah. And it helps share the sadness with other people and like help them grieve. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also good for their economy um so how do they like preserve because i was like okay this how is do great. they keep them that long? and they don't like decompose mm-hmm. and like smell and stuff so they actually um just inject formaldehyde remember we were talking about yeah. the preserving fluid um into the body and it's cared for every day um so it doesn't like decompose they like yeah. keep an eye on it but i have no idea how they did it before this chemical solution was done yeah well they probably didn't they probably didn't, well maybe? yeah so maybe they just dealt with a decomposing yeah. body in their wow, house that's really interesting yeah um and they also sometimes will dress the the deceased in fresh clothes to like keep up their pride and respect oh. um, sometimes even after they're buried they will unbury them change their clothes and like parade them around the town really yeah and then like bury them again every couple years huh yeah um so an average funeral can cost eighteen thousand dollars Huh? right which is 5 times the yearly income in Indonesia. Wow. Yeah. Um that's just an average one. A more expensive one can be upwards of $75,000. Yeah, which is just like a unreal. lot. Yeah. Um but I mean it's a really big important part of their culture and that's what they want to do so go, go for to it. Them. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. And that's a weird way that people preserve bodies. Wow. That was like that whole episode was roller coaster, right? You started off with honey, and we ended we ended with, with, dead, with dead relatives. In yeah, the house for years, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Solid episode. If you want to keep updated with us and what we're doing and our new puppy, follow us on our Instagram at my sister knows why. No spaces. No nothing. Follow us on the major podcast platforms. You know it. All of them. Spotify. Just all of them. Google. Podcasts. Whatever one you want to. Go online on the web. Um, Claude, what are you talking about next week? That's a good question. We're going to talk about presidents. Okay. I'm good with presidents. We're going to talk about weird presidents. Old presidents, presidents. Like of new the presidents. USA. Uh, or of the world. Or of the world. Prime ministers... Okay, so like leaders of political parties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Sounds good. Um, if you didn't know... Wow, were any of that fast? I feel like we need to extend it a little bit more. Well, like like we said yeah, everything. Follow wow, us on podcast platforms. Follow us on Instagram. You know the drill. We'll see you next week. I just feel like the, we should... Uh, saying goodbye so soon. Goodbye. If you didn't know... Now you know. Goodbye. Adios.